Hey, it's Alan here. And Bree. And, and we, we are, are the, the hunter, hunter and, and the, the hippie. hippie. Connected through yoga and bonded by our love of the wild places and the love for outdoors, we've come together to share our conversations about life. Well, maybe more so what we've learned or are continuing to learn about life. And there's no one way to do it. Life, that is. And hopefully provide you with some teeny tiny bits of inspiration to connect deeper with yourself, others, and our great Mother Earth. All right, all right, enough already about the podcast. Let's just get to the podcast. Awesome. How's it going, Bray? <laughs> it's going. <laughs> you are busy. Why are you busy? Tell me about why you're busy. Uh, just, I mean, all good things, but mm-hmm. spring is sprung and uh, carrying that momentum with, I think I mentioned in the last episode, I'm doing a stress release series. And so that started yesterday, the first cool. round. And I just technology is, <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with technology, technology, but it can be slow. So, yeah, um, a lot of stuff I do, I transfer on to like online libraries, right? And that just that process mm. of editing and getting it up uh, never is, it, it's always quite uh, laborious. So, yeah. And then I look outside and it's sunny and I'm like, Oh, why I'm on this computer when it's so nice out. Didn't you quit your corporate job to stop that? Yeah, but I still, I do get a lot of balance. So I, I can't complain because, yeah, I might work on a Saturday and Sunday at like half right. days on each of those days, but that means like I can go for a 12 mile run like I did yesterday morning, you know, and, yep. and soak it up. So, yeah, it's all, again, trade-offs and what, what's for important. Sure. Um, what about you? So How you are got, you doing? So, you got, so, so hold on, you got the stress wow. release series. You got the stress release series. You're, you know, you you handle all your own technological stuff. Yeah. Um, what else? What else you got going on? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, a couple. I'm retreats. baiting you a little bit. I'm baiting you a little bit to move towards the topic of today. But yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have retreats that are. Um, some are ones that are postponed from last year and international travel was not possible. And so a Nepal retreat for spring of 2022 and just refinalizing the itinerary and getting all the financials sorted out and Ecuador and Colorado. Oh yeah. Just again, like it's all really Colorado. That's fantastic. Good stuff. But you know, it takes, it takes some time and, um, it doesn't just happen. No, it's not like I snap my fingers. (laughs) So it's like, this is the, uh, the beauty of working for yourself Mm -hmm. is that, you don't get paid for all the work you do leading up to putting something on. Right. <laughs> Hourly goes out the window, right? So um, you, yeah. when you look at a retreat <laughs> cost and you're like, man, that looks a little expensive. You don't think about all the hours that someone spent back and right. forth with people to like finalize dates and meal plans and like, yeah. Yep. And then all the time on 
social media or marketing and it's like if you're if you work in marketing you get paid right like if you work for a company in marketing company you get paid to do all those things you get paid to <laughs> to go to the bathroom you get paid to eat lunch you get paid right like no matter what you're doing in most cases you're getting paid yeah so. right and and it, you're right like the the cost of a, a retreat you're like wow that's expensive but no one everyone thinks the cost of the retreat is just the cost of that like three, four, five, seven day window yes. of time. Mm-hmm. But there's so much that goes on before that that time period. Yeah. Uh, in order to make that make that happen. Yeah. So, yeah and even pretty- though it's like a very cool thing as a like hosting mm-hmm. retreat to be like I get yes, I get to travel, I get to be in the same space with all the retreat attendees, but you also have to understand I'm working 24, you know, you're working 24 seven over mm-hmm. those days. So if you break that down yep. hourly, <laughs> like, like three fifty an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so. Wait, didn't there just like new minimum wage laws pass or something? Did they? <laughs> you should tell yourself. Shoot, that. I should tell you my should. boss. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be uh, making so much money if I <laughs> had minimum wage. <laughs> uh, that's too funny. How are you doing? What's going on? Uh, I'm doing good. You know, life life's good. Uh, some family was just in town. It was it was good to see them. And uh, we got turkey season. Turkey hunting season is coming up uh, on the tenth for Colorado. Nice. And. Um, yeah, I know it started, so turkey season starts different, right? Every season starts different in different states, so some people are out there already mm. getting their toms, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for this year because I am not going to be stupid and I'm not going to take my ego out to the, the turkey field with me. Uh, last season was all about trying to kill a turkey with a bow mm. and, uh, uh, turkeys have really good vision. Okay. And there, so I think we've talked about this briefly, but right, prey eyeballs are on sides of their head. Mm-hmm. Predators eyebrow, eyeballs face forward. Turkeys are prey, so uh, their eyeballs sit on the sides of their head, and they also have a really long neck that that turns, and their vision is actually at like two hundred and seventy degrees at all times. Mm. Uh, so when they they could be looking to the side but they're looking backwards and forwards and then everything in between. So if they're looking to the side, they're looking at you behind them and then they might be running forward um, and they have really good vision. So they're a pain in the ass to hunt. And uh, I'm going to go out there with my 12 gauge shotgun and see if I can get it done this year. Nice. So turkey season is uh, in the spring and the fall. Okay. In Colorado, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how uh, every state does it, but Colorado, you have spring turkey, which is when they're starting to mate, um, and that's when they're gobbling. It's really cool to hear turkeys uh, like going crazy. Like it is pretty wild. Uh, and if you you have decent call cycles, you can get them to answer and respond pretty easily. Um, it's once they start hearing those guns going off that they shut up, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, at the beginning, uh, last year I posted a few videos. I'll have to hopefully, hopefully I'll have the experience to post a few more this year. But yeah, you can hear them. They're off in the distance and they're just they're going crazy and they they hear the your calls and and it drives them nuts. Hmm. And hopefully you bring them in and 
Yeah, you got to get them in pretty close, though. Anywhere like 25, 35 yards. Um, and you can't move. You cannot move. Again, their vision. Their vision is impeccable. And, uh, yeah, you just got to be ready. And then fall turkey is... I've never done fall turkey. Fall turkey is weird because there's no calling. You have to just know where they're at and hope that they, or at least in Colorado, hope that they uh, come across to you and, yeah. Nice. I had to, this fall, I helped my friend slaughter his turkeys. He raised some turkeys. Mm. And, um, yeah, and just clean them and piece them and that's a fun experience i'm sure <laughs> uh, i got the hard ones <laughs> the first two were like massive uh-huh. and we those i think gosh yeah we couldn't uh we couldn't throw them in the plucker mm. and we didn't pluck them but it was like just a pro like just skinning it was or not skinning i don't Gosh, I don't even know. What did we do with the first one? All I know is it took me a really long time. And to then, figure it out, yeah. Well, no, just like the, because it was so big to like work with. Got it. And then the next one, they gave me one of the Toms and it had so much like fat mm-hmm. right in whatever this chest yep. area it's like is. like chest, belly, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Where his beard is. And so like the second one, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to redeem myself. And I was like, this is so hard just because I, I had helped him with chickens in the in the summer and like by the time like the next you know the like third or fourth chicken it was definitely like getting it down you like again right. see so kind of understand the anatomy and it makes it a lot easier mm-hmm. to to piece out but it was just yeah cutting through that fat like getting to the breastbone like all of that or chest whatever yep um it's brutal i actually should put i have a photo of it do you really yeah i feel like i should put this up on uh, yeah you should you absolutely should i'll let you talk while i find this yeah that's uh (laughs) that that's that sounds like a ton of fun uh did you did you do the off with the head method of the slaughtering or um i didn't do that we kind of each had uh rolls in the slaughtering and so Got my it. friend Aaron he slaughtered them all and of course every time we've helped him out it's always been like snowing out which oh, is really um probably because it's a day that we don't want to do anything else yeah but um does yeah. he sell them locally or no it's just for him is- he he I think he does the chickens some friends had bought and then the turkeys are all um are all, all for, him. for him and his wife. That's cool. So, yeah. So they raise they raise animals, chickens, turkeys, mm-hmm. and just for themselves. They have like a little little farm. Yeah, they do. Thing. Like egg, they have their eggs, and then the they did chicken like just the chickens for, mm-hmm. um, for meat, and then the turkeys. They actually really want cool. their dog. One of the toms really. I think uh, their dog Goose. They have like a good relationship, so they ended up keeping that Tom. <laughs> oh, oh no! <laughs> it was funny. Man's best friend made friends with a turkey. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, 
That's the key is don't name don't name the animals. Yeah, their name was just Brown Tom and Black Tom because one was <laughs> right. a black turkey and one was a brown turkey. <laughs> that yeah. is also when I went to go check on their goats, that is I got stuck in the goat coop. Oh, I is that what shut that the was? door behind me. <laughs> and it locked? Like like what is it? it yeah, it was like an auto lock behind yeah, just like a little latch, you know? Oh, oh yeah. here we go. And and what what you went out through the window, right? Um, through the, the goat door, the goat door. So, okay. How do I do this? Screen share. Share screen. Yeah. Okay. Oh, there we go. Let's see it. Can you see it? Oh man. Oh, wow. <laughs> it looks like you're having a, a fun time. Yes. That's for sure. So that was what was hard because we didn't like we had all the feathers were still on. Like we didn't pluck it. Yeah. And so then you're yeah. working with it with like just all this stuff going on. Right. <laughs> uh, that breastbone is huge. Yeah. Wow. Like That's grabbing a, the leg. Yeah. It looks like whoever whoever your your girlfriend is there, uh, whoever is helping. She looks like she's she's doing pretty good. Or does yeah. she, is she in the part of the process where like it's all cleaned already? And well, she got she got a turkey that got thrown in the plucker. Oh, got it. I was gonna say that looks really nice. Yeah, it's really easy to work with. Yeah, they have one of those pluckers that have like the the little rubber fingers all sticking out. Mm-hmm. And so, but when it's too big of a turkey, it's Can't gonna be. like damage it. And so mm-hmm. that's. And it's not going to like bounce around and be effective. So yeah. Got it. So I got That's cool. the joy, uh, the most inexperienced one of the group got the hardest <laughs> turkey. You know, they did that on purpose. They're I like, I don't want this shit. I was like, I can only get easier. And then I get the Tom with all the freaking fat in the way. Uh, but for, for the <laughs> listeners at home. Uh, so you have, you have, a, you have different, Right, so you have male and female turkeys, but so you have your male turkeys who are either Toms or Jakes. Um, and Toms are the older um, thing. So turkeys are very similar to peacocks in the sense that like the males are like the quote pretty ones. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the ones that like do their strutting and they're, they're the ones that get big and they, they fan their feathers um, to, to sort of say, Hey ladies. And, uh, Kind yeah, of so like human male. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, right. They they it's like no, puff it's out very the chest. Much. They puff the chest out. <laughs> yep. They puff the chest out. They right. If they have a nice ass, they wiggle their ass around. Right. Uh, it's exactly like humans. And uh, yeah, so you have your toms, which are your older. Um, I, don't, I think I think it has to do with size. It might be like a year. Jake Jake's might be like a year or younger. Um, but then you have, uh, so they're, they're beards, they're called beards or bearded. So when you're hunting Turkey on my Turkey license, it says bearded Turkey and that's how you tell the difference. So they have this beard, but it's really weird. Their beard, right? It's like when you first start or when you think of it, you might think of like that little thing that hangs from their face, the little red thing. That's not their beard. It's what their gizzard or something, but their beard is actually in their chest. Mm. so uh it sits in their chest and it comes down uh we should pull up a picture of one of those i don't have one but uh the google is always good but yeah it's this it's this 
strand of hair. It totally looks out of place because mm. it's this, it looks like uh, almost like horse hair or human hair, like really uh, uh, strawy, like straw hair yeah. just coming out of their chest. And so, yeah, they puff up. That's how you know uh, what you're hunting, right? So you always have to identify. I don't know if we talked about this before, but when you're hunting animals, again, right, it goes back to this. Everyone, oh, hunters just want to kill things. And, you know, it's not, I mean, yeah, we want to kill things for food, but you have to remember that we have to identify. Like, you can't just, you see an animal, you just shoot it. That's not how it works. So a turkey comes into sight, and you're like, oh, what is this? And is it close enough? Can I identify it? Like, is it is it a Tom? Is it a Jake? Mm. Is, it a, is it a female? And if you kill the wrong animal, then you're in trouble. Um, usually comes with some fines. My buddy uh, actually killed a wrong animal once uh, out on a trip, uh, and he got he got some fines, and then they issue points, like, on your driver's license. Mm. Um so you get so many points before you're never allowed to hunt in Colorado again. Um, you pay a fine. They take the, the animal, the meat. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty interesting. But, yeah, enough turkey talk. Turkey talk. <laughs> <laughs> we should uh, be doing hope- this in November. <laughs> yeah, we should. We should. So um, let's let's get started. Let's All talk right. about. Let's take or let's, a uh, let's few breathe. breaths. Yes. All right. Finding your comfortable seat or wherever you are. Maybe you're running, or walking, <laughs> or driving your car. So, either softening the gaze or closing your eyes, and then bringing your awareness into your body fully. Just noticing how you feel right now. Notice the sensations throughout the body. Without labeling or defining them, just becoming aware of what's showing up. Noticing which areas might feel tight or some tension. And where you feel softness. And start to notice how your breath feels inside of your body. Where there's resistance. And where you feel open. And then move away from all of these labels and just sit with the feeling. Awareness if this feeling changes, the start and end of different sensations and where they might overlap. or where there might be a space of nothingness. Not looking to do anything with it, but just be with it. Just as it is.
then bring awareness back to your breath and let's just take three deep inhales and open mouth exhales together so deep inhale filling up and big exhale let it go again taking in and giving back and full expansion complete release and just taking one last moment of gratitude for yourself when you're ready you can slowly flutter your eyes open Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> so, what are we what are we talking about today? Well, a shout out to our listeners. Thank you for listening, and thank you for always reaching out, giving mm-hmm. feedback. Um, back before we started, actually, I think it was even before our first recording, we both had put out into the world like, "What would you like to hear us talk about?" And I had a friend, Ajay. Yep say that he wanted to know, I can't remember specifically, it was like our whys, or how do you get to your whys? And I think this can really cover a lot of different areas and we'll see where the conversation goes, but everything from like why, for me, whys are, I have a general why in life and then I also, have a wise in different areas and um yeah i was thinking about it as uh we, we talked about what our topic would be beginning of this week and uh i was thinking about it and yeah i'm thankful i know we were supposed to record originally we were supposed to record this episode what two days ago and i'm glad we didn't because i've just had some more time to think about it and some other things have happened uh in that time frame Hmm. that uh, sort of like steered me down the path that I'm on and I believe helped point me towards some of my whys maybe. So yeah, it's uh, thank you for the, yeah. Thank you to our listeners for the shout out. Uh, Anjay, is that who? Ajay. 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 Thank you, Ajay. I don't know you, but you sound awesome. (laughs) Um, so yeah, so I was, I was sort of baiting you right into the topic before we, or right when we kicked off. So you have all this cool stuff going on Hmm. and, uh, right. We've heard in prior episodes, right. You used to work in corporate America, maybe give, uh, listeners who might not be, who might be joining us in episode eight, this episode, uh, and not listen to episode one, maybe give them a little rundown of, who you are, what you are, and, uh, <laughs> and, all of it and, and none and, of it, and, and and why you are, <laughs> and why, most of all, why you are. Oh boy! Uh, so yeah, I mean, right? Like it's a, it's a good story. You right? used to right be in corporate America. Yeah, I worked. I yeah. worked for like a late. I well, I've I lived and. We always talk about this episode, past lives, we, that we've, will we've happen. We've never done it. I'm afraid to do it. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to keep pushing it <laughs> out. This part of my past lives, I, I'm okay talking about. But I, I have lived a lot of career lives. Uh, I moved to New York right out of college. And I worked at a cancer hospital for three years in outpatient 
um, in the out, managing an outpatient clinic and then also in clinical trials research. I then went to the Netherlands to play water polo, came back, and then that's where I found, um, fell into working for this, I mean, I would say not so much a late stage startup, maybe like a mid-stage startup. So um, there's probably like seven or eight corporate employees and then it was a like lifestyle indoor like fitness brand and I started when they had six brick and mortar locations and I left when they had 33 and I helped just scale them and I worked a lot and I loved what I did but that was the most important thing in my life uh, when you look at the way I allocated my time. Yes, there are other things that were important, but, and I don't remember if I mentioned this in a past episode, but my aha moment was really, I got in this serious conversation with my brother and we were talking about, I, about talking to our parents, like calling them and things like that. And I was like, I just Mm -hmm. like, don't have time. I have like working all the time. And he's like, it's not that you don't have time. They're just not a priority. And I was so mm. insulted mm. because I took it as I don't. It was a personal attack. I took it as I don't love my mm-hmm. parents. Like he didn't say yeah. that I don't love my parents. No, he you just, said it. Yeah. He just said yeah, yeah. they're not a priority. And granted, I don't think time allocation necessarily always is like equal parts priority, you know, like a, a yeah. lot of people's jobs has to be like eight to nine hours a day, yeah. which means, yes, you're not going to have that eight to nine hours with other people during that period. Right. right? So right. I'm not saying that the breakdown has to be even numbers, but it was ultimately like I was not calling them or talking, staying up to date with them as often because of work. And that really set like, at the time triggered me, but in reflection really made me start to think about what is important and how am I allocating my time and energy. And the company I worked for wanted me to move again. I moved New York to California. They wanted me to move to Chicago to open a new market, which meant I was going to be working all the time. And Mm -hmm. this was at a period where I actually started to find a little more balance. Like I was actually going surfing before work and I was doing Mm -hmm. yoga and had all of these other aspects of my life that I started putting energy into. I was actually going, driving down to see my parents, um, more often. And when they asked me to do that, I ended up, I thought I was going to go. And then I was like, I don't, this isn't right for me. And I ended up quitting and like I did some other startup stuff and again working like fell right back into the same routine because I Mm -hmm. didn't take a break um actually I think it's Tim Ferriss who says like if you have the ability to take a break between jobs whether you get fired or you quit Mm -hmm. take time so that you don't put yourself back into the same situation you were just in because you naturally probably will Mm -hmm. um and so that's what happened to me is like I actually ended up like lining up a job right away but I was in the same environment of like, I was on call all the time. It's like my boss is reaching out to me on a Saturday and Sunday. I had no separation. Um, and when I was working for these smaller startups, like they try to lure you in with equity, 
versus mm-hmm. paying you what you deserve to make. Yep. yep. <laughs> or unlimited vacation. Yeah. I, I was like, <laughs> and I, I like, I remember I, gosh, that was, that was a rough period. I, I used my savings to live because of, you know, waiting on the funding that was about to go through mm-hmm. and all of this. But all that to say, I, I may, I went into two more startups very short term because I thought I still wanted to be the COO of a major company. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I thought I mm-hmm. wanted. And then I was like, what? do I want? <laughs> Why? <laughs> right? Like, how do you find your, you were asking, sorry, I forget your friend's name already, but you were asking, how do you find your why? Yeah. Right? Like, and what you were asking, what is my why? Yeah. Why, yeah. What why is, why am I here? Right. My why isn't answering the phone at mm-hmm. 10 PM on a Saturday. That is not your why. Yeah. Right. And you know, I, I, I can relate so much to that. Um, I, I had a boss who called me. I was on vacation in Curacao. If you don't know where Curacao is, it's in the Caribbean and just this little tiny, uh, little tiny island. And uh, yeah, I I was like, is this really happening? I can't I can't I, I can't believe this. Is, and my wife looks at me and she's like, you're going to take that. And I'm like, what? Yeah, I think I am. Yeah, I think I am going to take that. So yeah, I. I get that. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people get that. And you, you touched on a point, right? Like if you, if you can do it, right. If you can take a break in between jobs, do it. And, and this is probably a much larger issue and much different topic, but I feel like we put ourselves in predicaments and scenarios that don't allow us to, mm. right. Whether that be right. Trying to live a lifestyle we're not supposed to live, um, keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with, you know, just dealing with dealing with ourselves, right? Our past selves, our um, our egos. I think there's so much to it, and and yeah, like I I'll I'll get into this on my side, but for for me, it was like you know I've I've seen this often because I've been in corporate America for so long, where companies lay off people, mm-hmm. and um, and it's amazing how much power a company can have, right. In determining your fate, your family's fate. And I think, you know, and, and over time I've realized like, I don't like if, and when that were to ever happen to me, I don't want, I, I you know, if they're like, Oh, Alan, we're laying you off. I want to just be like, cool. Yeah. <clears throat> and sadly I'd say the majority of us, I, I don't know if that's right, but I'd say the majority of us aren't in that spot. Right. Whereas if that were to happen, um, or in your case, right, like I have to move to Chicago, right. Many people might've thought I have to move to Chicago, Mm. right. Like I don't have a choice. I have to do this. Um, yeah. And, and that's part of like how I've gotten to what I believe my why is and yeah. yeah. So yeah, keep going with your story. I just no, I yeah, a little bit. Well, and I'm glad you brought back like Chicago. Like that was that was the start of of really diving into that more too. In terms of when I <clears throat> I when I was living in New York and working for this company, I had gone back to. I grew up in Southern California, and I had gone back to visit a friend and. 
family. And then I came back and I was like, man, I just really miss. And I had spent the summers, two summers in New York, working out in Long Island in the Hamptons. And so we were in a house, we were barbecuing, had a pool, like the beach outdoors. Mm -hmm. It was chill. It wasn't like city in your face, even though everyone from the city is out there, just a different environment. And so after that summer, I went back to California came back and was like, man, I, I gotta, I don't want to be in the city anymore, but it wasn't in a place when I left New York the first time to go play water polo in the Netherlands, I was like, I have to get out of here. Like I was breaking Mm -hmm. up a toxic lifestyle. And, um, at this point I, it was a better time for me to leave because I was like, I could stay in New York or, but I'd like to leave versus mm-hmm. I have to get out of here. And that's a cool choice. Sorry. Right? Like yeah. having, having those decisions, right. That's power, mm-hmm. right? Like that's your power. That's taking your power back. Like, you know, you being able to say, I can stay here. Do I want to stay here? I can leave. Do I want to leave? And I and think what, what's really important about that is it's about, external factors not determining your happiness and so that's what it really came down to is like i need to find ways to be happy and content with where i am at and -hmm. not have it be dependent on a place and yes you can have preferences i'm not saying like go move somewhere that you hate just to prove that you can be happy (laughs) wherever (laughs) but it's for when life circumstances that unexpectedly arises we've talked about before like voluntary discomfort the stoics the it's actually like yeah. the topic i'm been like focused on in my own writing this week and in yoga classes talking about this exploring volu- like voluntarily exploring discomfort so that you see your edges you see also what's yeah. keep you're capable of and are able to be more prepared when life throws you the unexpected discomforts. Absolutely. Yeah. You're, you know, being, it's the journey, right? We've talked about this. Mm -hmm. I I talk about it constantly in my yoga classes and right. It's, it's, you're right. Happiness is, is in you at any moment. Um, Yeah. Again, we're not saying go move to somewhere crappy um, and, and try to be happy there, right? You got to find happy. Happiness isn't tied to a thing like you mentioned or a person, right? So, oh, if I if I get a girlfriend, if I get a, a wife or a spouse, or if I get this job, I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're just chasing something that, you know, is never going to fulfill your happiness. Mm-hmm. And... And people, oh, yeah, it's easy for you to say. Like, people say, oh, it's easy for you. Um, and I feel like I've been there, too. Is like I've chased the happiness. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's, you have to find happiness in the moment within you. When, when life sucks, you have to be able to find happiness in that shitty, terrible moment. Mm-hmm. And that is that also helps lead to your why and that helps make dealing with you know whether it's voluntary discomfort or involuntary discomfort um i've i've mentioned this before i think uh i think in the podcast but my my father passed away three weeks before my wedding Mm. and 
Um, I talk about it a lot because I love my father and um, and that sucked, right? That was like, like you expect your father to be at your wedding and then three weeks before it, right? He's gone. And, uh, but I could have, I could have, uh, uh, gone into my wedding like, oh, this sucks. My father isn't here. Or I, I found tons of happiness in the moment of my wedding. Mm-hmm. Right. And there was sadness that my father wasn't there. Uh, but there was tons of an abundance of happiness for what the day truly was. And even on a very like esoteric, if I'm going to go into like the yogi, the very, like this present moment is perfect. Mm-hmm. There's actually like, this is the other part of, so this week with voluntary discomfort, my focus has been actually less about the, like the expansion of your comfort zone or exploring the edges, but the ideas of polarities in personal polarity. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that is nature. And so then even coming back to, so I, if you want to think of it on a very literal level, we're going to talk about, uh, the beating of the heart, right. It constricts and releases. Mm-hmm. or contracts and releases yep. Um, yep. breathing in inhale exhale right all exhale. of that yep. it, polarities are nature they're yep. essential they actually have to co- be there both have to be there yeah. it's a it's the it's two sides of the same coin right? but it's, it's what happens is we personalize polarity and it becomes conflicting duality and so that's where it becomes into the the good and the bad, right? And so the hunter and the hippie. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> in the present moment, it there's only perfection. Mm-hmm. The what makes it not is whatever our mind is telling us about the moment. Right. There's I mean, there's no other species that doesn't just like live in the moment of the experience. Right. There's not a tree trying to be something other than a tree. <laughs> right. It trusts nature. Right. It trusts the universe. It's been doing this for far longer than us humans mm-hmm. have existed. Yet we try to debate it or conflict it or just think that what we desire is more important than the natural cycle that's happening yeah. around us. Yep. And so that's what I think this whole, the whole, all the practices of like coming back to the present. Mm-hmm it pulls us out of conflict because most conflict exists in the past, replaying the past or anticipations of the future that haven't happened. Right. Like Mm -hmm. scenarios we've, we play out conversations how many times before having them (laughs) that never even happen or never go the way that. Yeah. Or, or the other side of that is you, Oh, I should have said this. I should have said that. And, you know, yeah. And that's where Absolutely. our discontent so right. comes, right? Mm-hmm. Because yep. we're not in the present moment. We're mm-hmm. replaying the past, anticipating the yep. future of these moments that we will never have. Because the only moment we ever have is the very moment we're in. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Oh, someone's knocking on my door. <laughs> uh, <laughs> special delivery. I don't know. Oh, can I pause this? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think we can pause it, but you can absolutely. I'll do a little dance. I, sorry, 
this would have been a perfect opportunity for a word from our sponsors. Oh, gosh. We don't have sponsors. So. <laughs> why? <laughs> Do you want to tell why? why? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Why don't we have sponsors, right? Like, so, um, well, one, right, we're we're just just us for now, um, and that's cool. And we don't want sponsors, right? We are focused on, you know, what, what we call, what we consider conscience, conscious consumption. And... Um, we're putting this out there for our listeners to hear just conversations with us and not necessarily hear about, again, products, right? I already mentioned it. There's this, this podcast is to bring real life to everyone. And it's not about keeping up with the Jones. It's about sharing the, the good shit. It's about sharing the bad shit and, um, hopefully helping people find their whys and hopefully helping people find fitness and better lifestyle and um, all those things. So when it comes to, you know, sponsors and us, and us like one, we're not searching for any sponsors, uh, but two, it's, that's, that's not why we're here, mm-hmm. right? We're two friends having a conversation to share with the world in hopes of making an impact Hashtag getting to my why. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's that's what it is. So we'll 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 do a good job trying to edit out uh, as much of that blank space that we had there. Um, yeah, and I think another part of that is like the authenticity part. And so mm-hmm. there's we're going to give shout outs to things that I mean we've talked about. Whoop, we're not sponsored mm-hmm. by them, <laughs> but you know, and just whatever, like. We've all we've both given shout outs and I think that is like we wanna support the people and the organizations that make an impact on our lives and we wanna do it authentically. And I think 100%. that comes from we're not getting a kickback for it. We're our kickback is like saying our friends or things we believe in um get exposure. And so I think Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Keep it real. For sure. And we want you to trust what we're saying, you know? Again, uh, yes. Like, we don't yeah. want there to be a misunderstanding of intention. And mm-hmm. um, again, it's always coming from our own experiences. So if we don't experience a product, we're not going to like shout it out just to get some extra money. Right. Just because we're getting paid. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, you're so right. And and that's the thing is it's it's our experience with something and... We just, you said it, we want to be authentic. Mm-hmm. So being authentic, getting to our why. So you, you, you stopped working at startups. You stopped working in corporate America. You, you started to become a yoga teacher. Yeah. Well, I, the Chicago thing was that first part was, I don't want to live in cities anymore. You know, that started mm-hmm. to come back to like, how am I designing my lifestyle? And I had already done, I worked a lot in personal or like, uh, personal development of like my managers and teams of managers and things like that. And, and so that's also some of the experience I like bring in with the yoga is even in this more like strategic way of approaching, how are we moving towards creating the life that you want? And that was the start. I, I, I just came back to what do I, what do I like about the job? Why it, initially it was this idea of success being again, a C-level position, a certain salary. And I realized that that wasn't my why. Mm-hmm. 
and I realized that by falling into two more startups where I could have been moving in that trajectory, but I was completely, it wasn't fulfilling for me. Um, and I took, I broke it down. I said, what did I like about these jobs? Not about the paycheck, not about where I was going, the labels or anything like that, but what are the day to days that I enjoyed? And I do love all aspects of the business from like P and L's and crunching numbers and geeking out on marketing plans and all of that. But I, I really, each of those jobs was this, these connections with people and then seeing the way that you can help someone transform their life. And, but I had to do that myself first. And I think that was really crucial in taking time. So after the second startup that I, well, left my four year job of four years and startup, startup. And then I was going to do my own like tech thing. And I was like, I don't give a crap about tech. (laughs) Like I thought, again, that was like, I thought I had to be in tech because that's where the future was. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, just because that's where the future is, doesn't mean I have to do it. (laughs) And uh, from there, I just, I literally like did odd jobs. I cleaned people's houses. I just did whatever I could and surfed and did yoga. And then I was looking actually at going woofing, which is working on an organic farm. I was looking into a lot of those programs because I, that was the direction I wanted to go to is just like living off the land, having like getting out of Los Angeles was another, I started to look at jobs when I decided not to do woofing. I was looking at jobs outside of Southern California Mm -hmm. and I wanted to not be paying so much in rent. (laughs) Again, what was important to me was no longer, it was like the community I had in New York and the community I had in Los Angeles was like a small town. Like I knew my neighbors. I had my like local like restaurant or bar where I like knew the people there and would run into people on the street. But I was living in these big cities with a small town feel. And so then I was like, why wouldn't I just move to a small town, right? which timing worked out. And the guy I was dating at the time was moving to Colorado. And even though I didn't move to like a small town in Colorado, it was still moving in the direction of the things I wanted in my life, which was more time outdoors, a healthier, healthier lifestyle, eventually getting more land, having a house. Um, and then even going into yoga, I didn't know I was going to be like full time kind of going teaching mode with that. But part of that too is, I mean, we've talked about like, I want to be a mother at some point and I want to be a present mother. And I looked at that was a career path that could give me the capacity to still have a, you know, still have a professional life and kind of fulfill some of those desires while also fulfilling what I found important of being able to be a part of my future child's life. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love that you, you, you brought up, like you said that you wanted to change your life first mm -hmm. and that goes back to the authenticity aspect, right? You, you can't come on here and talk about, um, you finding your why without 
without changing your life, right? To come on here, right? That would be totally inauthentic when you don't even have your why to come on here and be like, here's what you got to do. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to give you a list, right? And and that would just, right, it would come off as inauthentic and um, and everyone would know. Mm-hmm. And so I, I commend that, that you that you went to, you went on your journey. I'm still on that to, journey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, and so, so, so am I. And, and that, you know, that's, that's what a lot I've been thinking about is, well, I feel like I have the why, and we've talked about this before is right. Like you have your, you have, you think you have a plan, but it never works out the way you, you truly want it to. And, and instead focus on direction. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's exactly, exactly like what I've come to terms with is like, there's this direction and growing up, um, I was a, I was a little troublemaker. Uh, I'll say that. I'll save that for past selves episode. But, um, and, you know, and then getting into the corporate world when I was first starting out, getting into the the life that I thought I wanted to lead because I, I thought I was in the same boat as you, like C-level uh, employee. Um, I've always worked for big corporations, and I still do, and, and I'm not dogging them uh, by any means. I love, I love what I do. And again, I found happiness in, in the journey, in the moment. Um, but knowing, knowing my past selves and knowing who I was and really who I wanted to be and knowing that there's a shit ton of other people out there that feel that same way. That's where I started to find my why. Mm is like, whoa, I'm not the only person. Like, I thought it was, like, personal. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I'm not the only person that feels this way. There's other people that are not confident. There's other people that are codependent. There's other people that don't know their why. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's other people that are afraid, that are always thinking about the, the future or the, the past and making mountains out of molehills. And, and that's where I began to truly find my why and and why I share all the things that I share and why I am the way that I am. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that your journey has led you down that same type of path where like you have to figure your shit out. Mm-hmm. And I'm not here to figure other people. Like that's the other part nope. is like in the work that we do, we're actually not figuring your stuff out for you. We maybe can guide you and give you tools, but you have to live through all of those experiences uh, to, to find your why. And something you said that I thought when you're talking about, you know, I like always kind of worked in corporate and I think it, what's really interesting is, and this is, I only learned this through experience was there's a lot of people who really can do like I, uh, one of my friends, he's been with like the same company for say 12, 13, whatever years, which mm-hmm, I think for mm-hmm. our age group is like pretty long. That's, I don't think yeah, a normal yeah. situation. And he moved up a little, but then he was just kind of like, I want to be where I am. And he's like, I check in, I check out. And he's very happy with that and then using his time outside of that to do the things that he loves and fulfills him. And 
sometimes I have moments where I'm envious of the people who can do that. Mm-hmm. But I know that I'm as, as unstable as my like financial and professional situation can be at times. I've tried to like <laughs> do that and it's just not mm-hmm. me. And that's another yep. thing of like discovery is it, that has allowed me to be like more actually comfortable with the instability is because I know it's worth the trade off for all these other things that are important which is like really believing in what I'm doing and, um, having like the ownership and, and, and offering things in a way that are authentic. And so I think Mm -hmm. that I always acknowledge there's like two kinds of people, the people who can just like, like clock in, clock out, do their, do their thing. And they like, they're happy there. And they compartmentalize their life essentially. Right. Like, there's work yeah right and it's fits in this box and and then there's everything else yeah and i i ask people like inquire about so if you're in the clock in clock out but you're miserable yes i was just gonna bring this up self-inquiry is important Mm -hmm. because that's the whole thing is like you have to we're not i'm not saying do the clock in clock out and live for your time outside of work find a way that you can still feel content in that job versus like, I can't wait to be done so that I can go do these other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. Like you, you know, I, I mentioned like you put yourself in this box, you, you have this like little compartmentalized job in this box, but that's the thing is, is it's not square and it doesn't fit mm-hmm. for, for a lot of people is that it overflows, right? It's bursting out the sides and, um, it, it has an impact and we bring it home to our spouses, our, mm. our partners, our kids. And, um, right. We think we compartmentalize, but we don't. And so, so maybe, yeah, there are people out there who have, who have that, that balance down mm-hmm. and kudos to them. But I think a lot of us are, are not good at that balance mm-hmm. and you should embrace, like you said, you should embrace what you're doing and find some happiness in it. And, you know, what I do right now, I work for a bank and, um, I'm this, I'm this loser kid from the streets of New York that, uh, never in my right mind thought one, I'd, I'd be anywhere near where I'm at today, but right. I never thought I'd have a college degree or, uh, you know, when I got hired at my first bank, I was like, like my buddy's like, come work at this bank. And I'm like, excuse me, like they're like, you're funny. You got jokes. Um, I have no clue. Like I can't do math, right? <laughs> if you've listened to prior episodes, you guys know I can't do math <laughs> and I work at a bank. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's always trying to remain my authentic self in those moments. And I, and I do like, if you talk to any of my, my leaders through the years, like I'm just, I am who I am. Mm-hmm. And, and it took me a while to get comfortable in that and find solace in that, that, you know, I am who I am. And, and you're, and, and I feel like when you own it, when you start owning that, like you can, you can one benefit from it, but then like you, you come across as authentic again. Mm-hmm. And even in this like corporate world where I'm in banking and, you know, the first thing I say to people is I don't know shit about finance. And they're like, huh? <laughs> you know, but it gets their attention. And, 
And from there, what is what I read? I didn't know shit about finance. Mm-hmm. I had no clue. And you could put a P. Right, you mentioned P and L's. Um, when I originally was like getting into like P and L's, right? She's saying P and L, right? <laughs> I hear P N L. What's the N stand for? Right, right. So for for those that don't know, right? One, you're not an idiot, right? Yeah. Like that's what I used to think like, Oh, I'm an idiot. Cause I don't know what a P a P and L is. Uh, it's not a P and L it's a P and L profits and loss statement, right? It has to do with finance. Uh, but I got into banking and, and I had two options. I had to stay this stupid person who didn't know what a, a P and L is. And, uh, and you just called, told I, people they're not stupid if they don't know. <laughs> right, right, right. No, yeah, no. And that's, and that's the right. Those that are the labels the that I, yeah. that was the self-talk. Right? Yeah. That's exactly it. <laughs> and so, or I had the option to go to my, my new friend that, uh, I'll give him a shout out, Jarrett Sayas. Uh, he and I are buddies to this day, but he has a degree in finance. And I was like, dude, <laughs> you need to help me. And, uh, he, uh, I was like, you have a degree in finance. I was like, I need your four years of degree in like two weeks. Make it happen. <laughs> and and he did it. He did. Like he put me to work and um, I, I'm comfortable. You sit me down in front of a CFO of a business. I will have a financial conversation with them and I will look like I went to school for finance. Yeah. Um, don't go into the weeds, right? Like, like don't go too deep with me, but I can, I can definitely, uh, you know, hold my own now. And I took that opportunity. I could have taken it like as I don't want to do this, right. I'm not good at that. I, right. I could have self labeled and, and created my future based on that. Or I could have been like, I could do what I did and been like, you know what, here's an opportunity for me to learn something new, something valuable. It has value, right. It has value, whether, you do end up wanting to become a CFO or COO or CEO of a, of a massive organization, or you want to run your business because you hear about, I might be rambling now, but you, you hear about like these like child stars or these people that start businesses and then turn them over to their CFOs and they have no clue what's going on on the financial side. Mm-hmm. And then they go bankrupt or they lose all their money or right because their CFO has been embezzling for decades. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you're getting into your own business, you're starting your own business, having just a little wherewithal to know, oh, this isn't right. Or to be able to say, oh, right, like you should always be on the lookout. Well, yeah, you should have someone in charge of your finance. You should be able to, you should be a part of that conversation and be like, hey, I don't know. I don't like that. You should be able to talk to it and not just solely rely on someone else. So that's the, the route that I took is let me learn something. And yeah, and, and we'll see where it takes me. But I think about that. Well, I first, <laughs> when you were talking about that, I was thinking about the Kanye West um, yeah. episode, Joe Rogan. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> With the finance thing. And he, like, yep. he's a CFO now. But yep. when also what, what you're saying as a whole about this idea of learning, I mean, that I think even cycles back to your why, like another kind of a why. And Mm-hmm. I, it's, I dated this guy once who was like, I just don't like fix things or like, he's just was not, and this makes me think of our, our gender roles episode of he's not a handyman ma- masculinity, you know, like he, yeah. he was definitely yeah. like, a, he related himself to 
like more of a feminine personality. Mm-hmm. And, and so he had classified kind of like fixing things or building things or whatever, like doing work yeah. on your car as like a masculine thing. And I was like, I, I just see it as I want to know how to do things. Like I love learning because I, maybe I'm not going to do the whole thing, but I want to understand it and know that I can like rely on like my judgments. I don't know. Like, I mean, even as a female going, taking my car to get fixed, like I do as much as I can on my car, but there's a lot of things I don't do. And I hate the fact that like, I'm not, I don't have the knowledge or resources to be able to know if like, Mm-hmm. Do I really need to do this or not? And so I think even beyond just like the role of your job, like learn, like there's a why behind it of that. You probably, I know I embrace of like, why do I learn this? Because I want, I want to be, able I want to be a functional, yeah. I want to be a functional human being. Yeah. That's right. It has nothing to do with me being a man or a woman or mm-hmm. right. Like your, your water heater breaks in your house and and it's flooding yeah how many people can say they know where their main water valve is to go turn off their water yeah that that's a that's this little dumb task that gets assigned to men yeah right because the, oh, the men are no your your freaking house is flooding yeah it's you, assigned to the <laughs> most capable human being that can get to the shutoff valve as fucking quickly as possible yeah and you're you don't know where that is that doesn't make them that doesn't make you any less of a man or more of a woman or right. That may, just makes you dumb, right? Like you're just going to lose your well, it's shit. Like ownership. And, it's empowerment. Right. I feel like learning, yeah. learning things. And again, you can't learn everything. I understand, mm-hmm. but learning things that support you in your everyday life are like so powerful and yeah, you're not going to retain it all, but I just have mm-hmm. this like desire to, again, things that are essential through my days, like mm-hmm. let me, and, and that maybe that also comes back to like finance. Like I could have the, them change my air filter at the mechanic and it's going to cost like 60 bucks or I can get one for like 15 or 20 bucks and replace right. it myself. And change it yourself you in know? three and a half minutes. Yeah. So yeah. I think that almost like about a why is like this ownership and the curiosity and empower like self empowerment, man. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. I've gotten to the point where like in my life, I I know how to do things and I make a great living and right. I know how to do things, but there's things that I don't want to do anymore. Mm -hmm. And I will gladly pay someone to not do those things. Mm And it's no longer I know how to do them I, or I know or I don't know how to do them. It's it's my time, my prioritization mm-hmm. is better spent elsewhere. And um, yeah, that's part of my why is how can I give, right? That's, you know, I, I always, my wife gives me a hard time because I don't cut the grass anymore because uh, I hate it. I hate fucking landscaping. It is like, uh, my, I feel like it's like the, the most useless waste of time and, and right. I'm going to annoy people because people love it. Right. And that's cool. That's cool. If it's your thing. But for me, it's, you know, you do it and a week later it's back to the way it was and I got to do it again. And I get no joyous satisfaction out of it. If I can just pay someone, you know, a few bucks to, you know, deal with it. And I just get to look and enjoy the the prettiness and uh of it and yeah like it's 
so for me, it's like, what's my why? And going and mowing the lawn doesn't contribute to my why. Mm. Right. And no, and, and, and knowing that. And again, um, like you said, right. Like you have to be okay with, I lost my train of thought. You have, you have to be okay with like the, the, the thought of like, can I afford this? Can I not? Is it empowering? Do I know how to do this? So, and then do yeah. I want to, right? And then it comes back to? to you of like, I can, I know how to do these things, but I'm, cho- well, it comes back to choice, right. but I'm choosing to use yeah. my time differently or use mm-hmm. my resources differently because all of that is finite. Yes. And that's why, I, why, <laughs> why I think the whys are really important because it makes it really clear not always, but I think it helps a lot in making choices. I yeah. think that like my approach with a 100%. vision, not like I, I don't make that. a vision board, but really being clear about my vision and what I want in my life is because at every step along the way, I could say, is this getting closer or further? If I'm standing still, I'm further because I've lost yep. a day. Day, yep. So... And I, I say it's easy, it makes it easy, but there's definitely times where I'm question. I don't, sometimes I don't know. I'm like, mm-hmm. is this in line with my way? I don't know. Like I might need more time. I might, I have to experience it and live it to see yeah. if it is my why. And it goes back to that direction, right? Like mm-hmm. you have to go forward and maybe you're like, oh shit, this isn't right. And you know, a lot of people think, well, what if I go in the wrong direction? It's, it's not necessarily you're going like the way I think of it is it's not necessarily the wrong direction, right? Unless it's a full U-turn, right? Of course, that's, that's the wrong direction. But I think of it as more like forks and paths going, right? Mm -hmm. Like different ways up different hills, different elevations. And while you might make a decision, you're still going forward. And then you're like, oh, this doesn't really like, you know, down the road, you're like, this doesn't fit in. It's not, you don't have to turn around. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. It's not like, oh, I got to turn around. I fucked up and I got to backtrack. It's no. okay. this isn't this isn't in a line with what I want. There's this fork in the road. Let me go back this way. That takes me to the next fork back towards. Right. Yeah. So and and I think we also are in search of this. Right. When I when you first brought this to me, I was a little scared to talk about like your why, because it's like, do you have a meaning of life? Like, what's the meaning of life? Mm. And uh, if you're if you've taken a landmark class, you know that there's no meaning of life. But um, yeah, like I I don't know, like what is the meaning of life? And I think we I think we put too much emphasis on it, hmm. like trying to find the meaning of life, and and then we get depressed. Oh, I don't I'm not doing what I want to do. And I was having a conversation with someone, and he's like, I want to accomplish things. And I was like, I, I, I was like, bullshit. And he's like, what do you mean? And he was like, shocked that I said bullshit. And I was like, things, what are things? What do you, what do you want to accomplish? Mm. Things isn't something you accomplish. Well, I don't know. Well, then you haven't thought enough about it, mm. right? Like what, what do you enjoy? What do you love? You know, what gives you great pleasure? And those are the, those are the things that you have to start asking yourself Mm -hmm. to start to find 
your why, not necessarily the meaning of life. The meaning of life is you're going to die, so you better hurry the fuck up and figure out what the fuck you like to do. That's the meaning of life. Well, and what I love about that question is you can use why for everything. Mm-hmm. Like he yeah. says, I want to accomplish things. And then you could say, why? Why? Right. <laughs> and it's like, do you have an answer to that, first of all? Is it an answer that resonates with you? Mm-hmm. Or is it just because, right? Is that something... For me, whys come into like a feeling, something really like deep inside, but it's hard to decipher because we do have so much external influence and we can get really caught up in the whys of the world around us and forget that's, I mean, my perfect example is my corporate, my whole life leading up to where I am now, not like this second, but that transition before was really the whys of everyone else. Or what mm-hmm. I thought my wife should be based on yep. what I was exposed to, my environment, a lot of other things. Goes back to gender roles. Mm-hmm. Hey, you're supposed to be the strong woman, Brie. I know. Right? Like independent. I don't Get need anybody. Right, yeah, right. You don't need no man. <laughs> I don't need no man, but I can want right, a man. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> back to the what? Like right. choice. Yep. Cheer. Like. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, for, for 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 me, like it's always been about creating something. Mm. Like what and and I'll so I mentioned at the beginning that there's like there was something that changed in these two days, right, from when we were supposed to record to now. Um, an email got sent to me and a bunch of people uh, by the yoga studio that I did my yoga teacher training at. Mm. So, uh, Soul Tree Yoga, shout out to Soul Tree Yoga, and. Uh, the owner, uh, Meg Stockdale, Megan Stockdale, she, or the, the now former owner, um, sent out, a, a an email saying that she was selling the business, right? She started it. Uh, she, I forget what she, how she said she started it, but she started it, right? It was hard to get it going and it's been going now for 10 years, I believe. And it just, it doesn't fall in line with her why. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to keep at it. And it's not that she doesn't love what she created and it doesn't, it's not that uh, the people that are in her lives because of it, you know, aren't, you know, aren't what she wants, right? That's exactly what she, she wants right now, but she also has more of her why figured out and where she wants to go and, and that direction. Mm-hmm. And it caused her, right? I think coronavirus was a stressor. Uh, on small business on her like it has been for many but um right so she made a decision and and yeah and i i was like whoa that they helped me find my direction Hmm. right going through the teacher training when i did um i i don't know that i knew my why yet right that was just I don't even know what five years ago, something like that. So like, yeah, it was just that recent that I didn't even know, not even five years. Um, but yeah, you know, it was just that recent that we are, maybe we're like you said, we're always trying to find our why we're always trying to find what's what ties into it. And I think our why's changed as it did for, mm-hmm. for Meg and um, as it, it does for me or they evolve you know i mean yep. that's part of the the growth of being in a yeah. place of 
exploring your why is the nature of what you even just said before is like you take a fork in the road. And so maybe there is like this deeper, a deeper drive and direction or purpose or Dharma. However, the why is really just like our evolving experience. Yeah. And, and, or maybe there's the, the core values versus like, okay, yes, that served its purpose for those 10 years. And Mm -hmm. it's my core values are the same, but the way that it's executed or where I'm moving with it is, is different. It's different. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very much so. And, and then that caused me, so the, the, the uh, Meg and Marin, I've mentioned Marin before. Um, she was like the, it was Megan Marin, like running the yoga teacher training. I feel like Marin uh, was more in like the operational side, right? The face-to-face, uh, the daily face-to-face of the teacher training. And um, and it just led me to send a message to her and, th- and thank her for being in my life and and helping, again, point me in that, that direction, in that moment. Mm. Because it did evolve. And I remember when I decided to do the yoga teacher training, I was working for uh, a guy that I call a good friend now. And uh, he was like, are you leaving? Like, because I asked for some time off work. And he was like, are you, are you leaving? And I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not leaving. I have no plans of going anywhere. Uh, and it was just, again, it was to find more of my why mm-hmm. and to dig deeper into what it is that I needed in my life. And, and yeah, when I look back and I've talked about this with you, like when I look back at like how we met and right, like you helped point me more to my why and, mm-hmm. um, you know, the people that you come in contact with and the, the choices that you make all, point you in a direction and it's up to you to figure out is this what I want mm-hmm. I think that's what we've been saying constantly is just like you have to be constantly looking at what am I doing why am I doing it mm-hmm. am I enjoying it and maybe that's and like the kind of just thinking about all of this is maybe it really actually comes back to Maybe the why isn't initially there, but you, when you start to dis- make yeah. choices or decisions or look at things, you ask the why, and then yep. you see like, is this true to me? Right? Is this yeah in line, or is this out of alignment? Or maybe it's out of alignment, but this is what I'm need to. This just it feels like what I need to do right now. Right. 100%. You can't find your why sitting your lazy ass on your couch. Right. Like it's, it's not going to happen. You're not going to be like, ding, I got my why. And I think that's where a lot of people find trust. Well, I don't know my why. And I don't, right. You just got to get out there and do things. You got to put yourself in situations where maybe you're like, oh, I don't like this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stop doing this or, oh, this is, this is really great. I know, you know, in my yoga teacher training, I remember the Megan Marin asked the question of how many of you are going to teach, plan to teach after you become a yoga teacher, like go through the teacher training. And it was like half the class said yes, half the class said no. And at the end, it like swapped. The people who said yes had no interest in teaching. The people who said no have now found their calling. 
And you do, you just got to put yourself out there and you have to be vulnerable. Mm. And, um, and, and this is and part of my why. Courageous. Brave. Like, yeah. I think that yeah. like when you're talking about this, it makes me think so much of people don't go into their why because they're afraid. <laughs> Mm-hmm. They're they're afraid that their why is different than what they're actually doing and living. And yeah, yep. And you do. You have to face your fears. You have to go out there and and see, right? And be authentic about it too, mm-hmm. right? And that for me is, you know, is like that's how I've become just more of me, and like how I've become more authentic is going out there and like, oh, this is this is awesome, and. And I am, I, I am who I am on this mic. I am who I am on social media. I am, right? Like, I'm not a different person, mm-hmm. right? So who you see, whatever channel you see me, is what you get. Right now, I don't share all my opinions um, because uh, that's just stupid. <laughs> but, like, they're my opinions and, you know, they might change. And, um, and you know, and, and people just... Right, like not everyone needs to know exactly how you feel about a certain thing, um, but that doesn't mean that I'm not being my authentic self. Like when I'm having a shit day, you'll know I'm having a shit day, mm-hmm. right? And I share that I'm having a shit day. When things are going great, I share that things are going great, and and we have to be open, we have to be courageous in being vulnerable. And and my why is because. Other people, I know other people are feeling that. Mm. And I see it in teaching yoga. And that's what I try to bring to yoga is people will come up to me and be like, wow, like you feel that too? Or, right? Like it's, it's again, it's, we feel, we think our feelings are, are only for us and they're not, right? Like, you know, disappointment isn't reserved for you. When I say you, I'm, I'm literally talking to you. If you're listening, I'm talking to you. Disappointment isn't reserved for you. <clears throat> right it's it's not reserved for anyone right we're all going to face disappointment and and i want to be the the yep i face it too and yep and you got to keep moving forward and we got to continue we're going to be let down we're going to deal with struggles and death and hardship and um yeah and when you have your why that's the other thing is your you could feel like you have your why for me if you you're like oh my why is this right whatever that is and my, for me my my big why my big why right like you said i think there's many whys but my big why is making an impact making a positive impact in on this world and and showing right and being vulnerable that's really like what my why is and um shit i lost my fucking train of thought again I have something to say if you go, want. please go. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think what it resonates is this idea of as I got older and through a lot of this self inquiry and a lot of this work that we share, but with yoga, meditation, mindfulness practices, just personal growth development and becoming unapologetically myself I think helps so much with like in quote unquote mistakes or disappointments or whatever it might be. There's actually no regrets because I think Mm -hmm. 
what happens is when you're not being true to yourself or to your why, you're going to have regrets because right things just naturally aren't always going to quote unquote go your way. But if they're not going your way when you're not being true to yourself or you're not being real or you're not being you there, that's where the disappointment comes in. There's actually probably not going to be disappointment when you followed your heart and failed. Yes. But there's always disappointment when you don't follow your heart and you look back and go, what if I would have done that? Yeah, this is why we're one friends. This is two why we've done the show because you 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 exactly picked up what I was what I lost my train of thought on is exactly that. Like you have a why, and if you uh, if you fail or like shit gets hard, and and it isn't truly your why, it's going. That's when it's going to show. Yeah. Right. That in that moment when you're like life fucking sucks right now, right, and whatever comes up. If it's not related to your why, that's not your why, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's exactly right. Like that shows you the truth. I love that. And it, and in that moment, you have to be like, who am I being, right? Like if that's really your why, right? You have to ask. You have to be able to self-reflect in the, like in that moment very quickly. Like who am I being? Mm-hmm. And and okay, and like it's you have to have, have a very tough conversation with yourself, like. I'm being someone, and I, I shared this story with my hunting experience, right, is I was being someone who I didn't want to be mm. in, when, when shit got tough. And definitely I was being someone who said something differently, right? And so it took me to be like, you need to change what the fuck you're doing because if you're living for your why, this is the shit that you enjoy. Mm. Or do you not, or is this not your why? Hmm. and um yeah so thank you for that you are awesome i appreciate <laughs> it so yeah so like when you're when you're struggling figure out your shit figure out your why and and ask why are you doing this and if you can find motivation and discipline to go do that thing when times are hard yeah then i think you're on the right path and that's the why and authentic, like authenticity and the why is what does get you through the hard times of your path. Yes. Um, I think that is, I mean, that circles back to when I just talked about even just professionally, not even getting to the core of like the more conceptual why but just the literal uh mm-hmm. more tangible aspects of my why for my professional path right why i can get through like fluctuations financially like working on the weekends or whatever like you know or unpredictability again last year like retreats psh, didn't happen but i was still in line and in the direction of how I want to build out my life, how I want to live my life, living my life Mm -hmm. currently. And it's in line with my why. And so it just allows me to be like, no, yeah, actually it it does. It didn't sting. It didn't hurt because I knew that I was being authentic and I knew, and, and yeah, I don't know. 
Yeah, that's that's great. It, it, it makes me think of something, right? So we're we are the authors of our books, mm-hmm. of our own books, and uh, in most cases, right? And and that's true in your story. Is like you are the author, right? Like you are creating your story. You're writing your your book. Whereas, like, if you don't have your why, or if you weren't sure that those hard times come, who's actually, who's holding the pen, Mm. right? Who's writing your story for you? Um, And, right, like, goes back to your Chicago story. That that wasn't you, Mm. right? There was was a you in there, right? But, you know, someone else was holding the pen and, and trying to, you know, dictate, hey, you know, this is your story. So I think we need to be okay with, you know, the legacy that we're ready to leave behind. And I I posted this on, on Instagram a year ago, about a year ago when coronavirus first started, everyone was freaking out about the coronavirus. And, um, you know, I, I shared something like, hey, if you were to die tomorrow of the coronavirus, and this has helped me um, figure out my, my whys as well is, is death. But if you were to die tomorrow of the coronavirus your the 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 legacy of you that your kids know that your friends know that your family knows is that what you want it to be Mm. and if the answer is no well i got good news you're likely not going to die of the coronavirus (laughs) um you are going to die i don't know when it is but go change that shit Mm -hmm. like here's your opportunity Right. So if you're not happy with whatever, right, whatever it is that in that moment that you said, you know, isn't the legacy that you want, now is your opportunity to to change that. But first, find happiness in the journey, because going and chasing your why, especially when it gets hard, is going to be you're not going to be happy. Mm. Right. You're not going to find the happiness in, you know, in your story, Brie, where you're you're uh retreats got canceled right where you lose money where you know shit happens and uh and, you know if you're not happy and what you're saying like when you're talking about authoring it actually reminds me of one of my favorite quotes in one of my trainings uh there is a teacher alia Howe, who mm-hmm. she says you're the author of your actions not of the outcomes yeah right and and so that comes everything we're talking about right if you have authenticity behind your actions. If your actions are in line, no matter what, you can't control how it turns out. And I think a really cool thing about, like I was supposed to host a Nepal retreat this this uh, last fall, so November of 2020, and oh. didn't happen. It got It's getting postponed to the spring, but now we're actually, the itinerary and the location is actually so much better than what the original was going that's to be. So cool. And so that's the perfect example of like, like I, I used yep. to hate actually, I used to absolutely hate the phrase, like everything happens for a reason. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I still hate it in the moment. I still hate, I still like, hate it in the moment, but it, it is, there's so much truth to it. It's super cheesy. <laughs> you know, it's a cheesy statement, yep. but I look at it as more as two ways. You actually get to, you you have the choice of that reason, right? Mm-hmm. In a sense of your actions or response to it. That's all you have power over. Right. So that thing happened. You can't change it because it happened. 
Mm -hmm. Right. And so you can create the reason that it happened and you can make that reason healthy and serving, or you can make that reason unhealthy and not serving. And sometimes you need to sit in that crumb to like, you know, get in the muck to like get yourself out of it, you know, but ultimately it is back into your hands. Yeah. I, oh yeah. So much of that. And it's so much of that I'm, I'm seeing, uh, uh, play out right now in my life because a year ago I was fighting and I talked about this in, in, I think the first episode I was fighting teaching online. Mm-hmm. Um, right. When everything shut down, I was, I was, you know, crossing my arms, pouty face, stomping my feet. Uh, and like, I am not teaching online that is not happening. And when I, when I looked at my why, it, it got bigger than that. Mm. Right. So my why was way bigger than, well, why are you being a baby about teaching online? And then I started to do it. And now, um, now I'm not never going, not, I'm not, not going to teach online. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm talking with the Evo to go teach classes back in person again. And the, the, the negotiation there, the, the, there's room for negotiation with everything except for the teaching online. Yeah. Right. So it's like, I'm going to teach in person and there's going to be a camera and mic in the room for me to stream my classes. Yeah. Everything else is negotiable. And, uh, and, and I was sharing that I had a yoga class yesterday. Uh, no, um, Tuesday. And I shared that and people like after class were like, is that crazy? Like how you hate, you didn't want to do it. You were fighting it. And now it's become this, this staple that I'm not going to let go of, mm-hmm. um, to be able to provide and, and, and actually go after my why making the impact. Mm-hmm. And, and I see what, right. So like we become fearful and I don't know why, right. Maybe there was fear in me not wanting to teach online. Well, right? the unknown, fear. I mean, and we fear the unknown or the un- impersonal aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, all the story but, is all the things, the hypothetical things we've created, yeah. right? Before yeah. even doing and, it. Yeah. No one wants this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That, Who's going to show up that. to an online class? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, so like I was courageous. I, I had to take an act of courage to, you know what? I'm going to try it. And, and that was the year of failure. And that's where, mm-hmm. like, that's why I wanted the year of failure is right. Cause you got to go out there and you just got to try to fail, mm-hmm. right? You have to like to create something. You have to be ready to fail. But in, in my year of failure, I also realized that you don't fail as often as you think you do. And you, you keep saying it as you, we make up these stories, these hypotheticals. Oh, I'm going to fail and no one's going to show up. And, and my first class online, there was like 80 something people in it. And I'm like, I'm like, Oh God, what? Like, this is crazy. This is absurd. And you're just right. Like a lot of times you're proven wrong in these stories that you make up or right. These conversations that you have, mm-hmm. I got to have this difficult conversation with this person and you go through every scenario and then you go and you have this conversation. They're like, cool. Sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wait, what? You know how that, that didn't go how it was supposed to go. So yeah, like I think that getting out there and, being ready to create something, being ready to fail, trying new things, being courageous, 
um, being okay with the ego getting damaged, you know, Mm -hmm. like, because the ego is not actually your, like, it's not the why, you know, like Mm -hmm. when you say like, Oh, no one's going to show up. And yes, 80 people showed up. But what if like two people showed up? Who's, who is that? That's saying that's a failure. Yep. You know, 100%. Yeah. And, that's and a lot of work I've had show, to do. And 80 people don't show up now. Yeah. And, and like, I'm cool with that because mm-hmm. I know I'm impacting the people who are supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Like when I first started, it probably was like, oh shit. Like what if only two people show up? Mm-hmm. But now if only two, like I've had classes where only two people show up and I'm like, yes. Like you are the two that are supposed to be here right now. Mm-hmm. And, and we had, I remember that class, like when two people showed up and we had a phenomenal freaking time. Like we laughed our asses off in yoga. Like we just had a ton of fun. Um, so, so yeah, it goes back to that direction, not the goal. Yeah. Right. Like if I was focused on the goal of having as many students as possible in that class, I would have been disappointed, but. I knew I'm in the right direction of my why. And I was like, yeah, this is sweet. This is exactly what I want it to be. Yeah. It makes me think, um, one of this, like just really res like stuck with me Mm -hmm. in terms of impact. My friend, he said he had like taken one of my yoga nidras on online and he then shared it with someone else. And he said like ripples to waves and, Mm. That, that is just has really like settled a lot of that kind of numbers with the ego or things like that. Just that statement ripples yep. to waves is if you make a difference in one person's life, you are making a difference in hundreds of people's of lives because that yep. one person has now is now whatever it is you made their day and now they have an interaction with someone else that is better than it might have been and then that and it all just expands exponentially so two people in your class can have it's the butterfly effect right and so that can have this massive effect but what we see is just the two people right yep and i think that is just that is so powerful to like that mm-hmm. if I think about like my why and my purpose and is really a lot of my dharma is around like seeing the best in others so that they can see the best yeah. in themselves. I always yep. just look for the best in others, mm-hmm. um, and and I and I, yeah, it's if if one person I can make the teeniest impact on right. one person, it's it's not just that person. Oh, I agree. And what we're not seeing is the the one thing that I think about is that that quote overnight success takes ten mm-hmm. years, right? Is yeah, you impacted that one person today, and yeah, the, you're one hundred percent right. They went out and they impacted everyone else they interacted because mm-hmm. they have a better day now because of that. But in ten years from now, what did that one mm-hmm. uh, interaction do? for that one person, for those five people, those 10 people, those hundred people, those thousand, those million, those hundreds of millions of people, right? How did, how did you have that ripple effect over time? Mm -hmm. And we get so lost where this instant gratification where it's like, I want to make an impact now, 
and and yeah you are making an impact now it's just not to your point you're not seeing right you're not in front of everything social media isn't life right like no one's living their entire life on social media so you're not seeing that um and and then the other thought that i had is me and my my friend we we look at it sort of the opposite way too is when we're having a bad day uh, my friend who i rely on for my accountability in life is you know we'll we'll ask each other whose dog are you kicking and and it's the same concept of exactly what you're saying is that um right like you go if you have a negative interaction with one person mm-hmm. that one person might not have the power to stand up to you or or deal with you or maybe you just right like they they choose to you know let your interaction with them make their day bad and then what they do is they go and they interact with someone mm-hmm. and and they make that person's day bad and you get to the point where it gets to someone who goes home to their kid and treats their kid like shit. And because their kid is powerless, well, what do they do? They go and kick the dog. Mm. And so our, me and my, my friend's concept is just go kick the dog. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's what you're doing. Like, do you feel good when you kick the dog? No. Well then stop fucking kicking the dog. Yeah. Right. And, and it goes back to exactly what you, you mentioned. Yeah. I think that's a good resource for that reset, that reset, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. man, you, I mean, we're not perfect and we're going to slip up and snap at someone, but, um, that's where being really present is super important Mm -hmm. because it can pull you, you can be in an interaction and let it pull you back out of whatever crap you were going to take out on someone else. I love that ripple effect. I'm thinking about oh it. Oh my gosh. Ripples it's, to waves. Yeah, ripples to waves. Like that, it's such a simple, beautiful, powerful statement. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't take credit for it. You're taking credit for it because you're, you're, you're the one being recorded now, so it's yours. <laughs> <laughs> so what is, so what's your why? What's your big why? Well, I guess it was that my Dharma. <laughs> I don't know. Sure. sure. Uh, yeah, just let's... what I said is seeing the best, seeing the best in others. So what would you say to someone that's like, Oh, that's a lie. Like you're just, you're selfish. You care, right? Like people are selfish. They're inherently selfish. They want to. Well, that's their crap. <laughs> you can't Good, tell yeah, me no. what my why is. Yeah. You can't tell me if I'm M or am not seeing the best in others. Good. I know. Yeah. And this is what I'm trying to get to is right. Like, I think that we're faced, right. We, we come up with these whys. like I've, you know, this for mine, making an impact, right. Mm. Is, is my why. And it's helping people find the best in themselves, right. Similar to you. Mm-hmm. Um, right. It's helping right people see that we go through shit too. And, and I know people are, Oh, that's bullshit. And again, you, you're, you're right. You can't tell me what my why is and when we live it authentically I think it shows Mm -hmm. and that's I think the I took a course with this shaman Sandra Ingerman and it was it was called healing with spiritual light and her big Mm -hmm. thing was seeing light like seeing people as their light 
Yeah. Uh, and this was after it was cool because it was after I kind of got to this point where like, this is really, I think this is really my Dharma. I mean, ultimately when I see the best in other people, my experience of those, those other people are, pr- is pretty phenomenal, which mm-hmm. selfishly does make my life better. If I yep. can see all, and yeah, do I get into situations where <laughs> maybe I tolerate more than I should, but I also have a lot of resources for that. Um, and I'd rather, again, live in, it's not necessarily rose colored glasses. Maybe, maybe it is. I don't know, but we are a hippie, but I, and it does allow, like I get to create my environment by seeing the best in others. But this Mm -hmm. healing with spiritual light is one thing that I think is really interesting that she talks about is, um, is almost these like labels. So she refers like someone who has cancer, we say a cancer patient. So this person becomes the cancer. Yeah. Right. And so then we see mm-hmm. them as a cancer patient and that's not going to heal them. If we see no. someone as a cancer patient, that's what they're going to be To be versus yep. this is a person, a divine being. This is this, all these other incredible things who just right now is, has some malignant cells that are doing some destruction, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. energy flows where attention goes. So as long as we're looking at someone for their cancer, whatever that is, that is what they'll feel. And yep. that's what you'll see. And that is you, the only reality we have is really unreal because it's whatever we choose to see or the story we put on it, whatever our mind is however it's defining what's going on and so that was why this idea of like see the best in people because that's the life i want to live right and that's where i like this summer was why do you sh- want to see the why would you want to see the worst in people yeah why, why are you out there making yourself miserable mm-hmm. right and and to that i had a thought of i think i cut you off i'm sorry oh, no, but I, I had a thought of like uh shit fuck is going on with me today so i live in colorado i'm not a pothead i don't smoke weed um so i'm just losing my fucking trains of thought um clearly uh so anyway uh keep talking brie because you'll probably get me back on track i don't know <laughs> see i'm not writing fucking notes today i put my pen down see, you're listening the fucking so moment. Good. yeah yes you're not listening <laughs> to respond you're listening to listen <laughs> yeah let's all do it um I don't know. I mean, I think if there's anything else you want to expand on the why is like, I, I also don't want to talk in circles around some of these concepts. Cause I do feel like they really overlap and come back through. But, um, I think again, there's, there's a grander why or your purpose or your, again, with yoga, we call Dharma and that I typically find that, when I'm in alignment, the crappy things that happen, mm-hmm. it doesn't control or affect me because I, yeah. I'm being true. And, and again, I'm then creating the world I want to live in. I mean, what I was going to say is this summer was really hard because I did pay attention a lot to the news Mm-hmm. And, um, Stop it. also because stop, wa- stop watching the news. Well, it's not, I would say it wasn't even watching the news. It was the fact that everyone on social media decides that they want to be a newscaster. 
And yep. so everyone on Instagram is post reposting the news or posting their opinion about the news, which is like, great, let's sure. But I don't personally want to consume that. And so I struggled a lot because what they were posting was not the best in people. <laughs> yep. And do, do you know why they're doing that? Like I, I have theories about it, right? They're, they're doing that because they're at home, trapped in their home with nothing to do. The, the government tries to shut everything down and it brings out the worst in us. When we're not out there living our lives, when we're not out there consuming nature and consuming the things that make us better and creating something, right? Then we, we, we get this information, this disgusting information from the news. And then, yeah, we just, we, we repeat it. Um, and, and, you know, and, and I think I, it goes back to, right. People, people want an easy life and, and an easy life is a miserable life because an easy life is just exactly what we've had in the last year is people sitting at home not leaving their house, not interacting with their families, with their friends. I saw a post today. I miss my friends and family. And, and again, like I've been pretty open about not necessarily my thoughts on coronavirus, but my thoughts on the pandemic and the shit that like I still live my life. I still see my friends. I still see my family. I've had, I, I've had family get very sick from coronavirus. I've had family die from coronavirus. Um, and, and it, it still does not change my outlook on we need to be living our lives, right? That's part of our why. Part of our why, part of my why is, again, impacting people uh, to see, right, to do good things and to realize that life sometimes sucks, but we're still amazing. And this this media shit that we get, you're right, everyone's become this newscaster, but all they're doing is is shouting into an echo chamber, Right. And, and no one's willing to have the discussions, uh, about it. And, and it continues. Right. So, um, we, we just had the, the Boulder shooting at the King supers and, and all of a sudden everyone's wants gun control. And I am 100, this is, I, I have no problem sharing this opinion. I'm 100% against gun control and people just spew it out because it's just this echo of that's what the news is saying. Mm-hmm. And they think that it's this one bad thing and we're just at home and we're not having the longer conversation. And I had someone reach out to me and was like wanting to have actual conversation about it. Mm-hmm. And, and I mentioned, uh, I forget where the conversation went, but I mentioned the, this podcast mm-hmm. and that that's the point of this podcast is to have, and I think a lot more podcasts are doing it, uh, especially like Joe Rogan, right? He has, it makes a huge impact and it's this long form discussion of right because these issues are very complex issues Mm. right and and this links to our why too people like i'm not just rambling on a rant about gun control right that's not my point here is is we we have these people right go back to that ripple effect around us and you have no clue who you're impacting with the words that you say um with your little sound bites right when we really need to be having convert longer drawn out conversations about complex issues, mental health, gun control, um, healthcare for all, right? Like, you know, we got to stop with the, the divisiveness and, um, the headlines, we got to take out that, like, we can't just be a headline society. 
The one-liner. 100%. Like you said, sound right. bites. And it, what, when you're saying this, it's like what's happening is in the, especially in social media or on these platforms is we've removed the human connection. Mm-hmm. And so we feel like we can be a little more bolder or abrasive or not considerate of the, the human behind the screen name, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and when you have conversations and how we do this long form is it, we're humanizing it. Right. Yeah. Yep. And how often we've had this conversation, we've talked about another episode of this. Do we, come back to when we're not when the mic's not recording and we're like and i've said to you brie actually i was thinking about our conversation and i actually disagree with what i said Mm, yeah right like i've said that to you a few times where i'm like i said that and i actually i I feel differently Mm -hmm. um that's not what i feel and and sometimes we have to stay say stupid shit right sometimes all of it's not stupid right but sometimes we have to stay say stupid shit to to me and then hear it and be like I don't, maybe that's wrong. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, yeah. And like, we got to start having conversations about the issues and not party lines when it comes to politics. And we got to stop politicizing things that have nothing to do with politics. And remember that, you know, you said it, people are human and, and, and helping other people get to their why. And, and I think, right. When you look at, you know, one of the, the, so when I think about my why mm-hmm. and right, making that impact on people is I think about, I try to think about what I went through. And I always tell people like when I'm in my yoga class and I'm saying something to the yoga class, I'm not telling them, I'm telling myself. And I still deal with like lack of self-confidence and people come to me and said, you're so confident. I'm like, and like, I'm like, are you looking, who are you talking to? You're not talking to me, are you? And right. So it's, it's, I know who I am mm-hmm. and I know there are other people that feel the way I feel about themselves. And, and when we have these abrasive headline soundbite discussions where, you know, we call someone a nut job or we call a group of people a nut job or we say all people are this right? What, what is that doing? Mm -hmm. Right. And back to your point to the ripples, to the waves, what did, what did you just do by, by echoing out this headline, Mm -hmm. right? To this group of people and we've all been impacted by mental health, right? Like you and I, I know personally, right. Mm -hmm. Very recently, um, right. Like what, what could we have done as a, as a community, as a group of people to see the best in people like you're saying and you know what life's hard sometimes and let's have a conversation about it and let's get to our whys and how do we make those positive ripple effects versus those negative ones and i think the we that person you're ostracizing or yelling at or criticizing you probably have a lot more in common with them than not in common 100%. 100%. But where are you putting your attention? 100%. You're putting mm-hmm. your attention attention on the areas that you're different. Yeah. And and I challenge that. 
I challenge that because like you're saying the areas that you're different, but really when you look at what the true, uh, what, what we want the outcome to be is it's actually the same. And we're actually very much in common when uh, the, the election was happening um, in 2020, right? Between Trump and Biden. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I stand on one side of the aisle. I have a friend who's on the other and um, I reached out to her and uh, we had some banter back and forth, right? And we we were poking fun at each other. And and but in the end, we, we both were like, we both want the same thing. Yeah. We both want an amazing society for our children to grow up in mm-hmm. where they don't have to worry about being shot up at their school and, um, you know, being able to live their dream and and explore the world. Yeah. And, and, and oh, sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, no. And, and to that point, it's like, well, there's different ways to get there. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what, that's what voting is. And, but what we have, we have to stop saying, oh, the other side is this. No, they want the same thing. Mm-hmm. We all, we all want the same thing. Yeah. We all want peace, love and harmony. And just our thoughts on how we get there look very different. Yeah. And that's what I realized, like, after I said it, you know, I was like, there's a lot more that's in common. We're mm-hmm. focusing on the differences. And what I want to kind of stem off of that is we want differences. Differences yeah. are important. We've said that multiple mm-hmm. times. That's why this exists. Mm-hmm. It's personalizing polarity. Yep. and which is conflicting duality. And so what's happening, it's not about, okay, yeah, we, we can talk, we have our differences and say we do focus our energy on the differences. There's two ways to do it. One is seeing it just as like this natural polarity that exists. Everyone's mm-hmm. going to have these differences or seeing it as right and wrong, good and bad as yep. personalized because we're saying yep. I'm right, you're wrong versus mm-hmm. we have two different ways of going about actually wanting the same thing as well, you know? Right. And so I don't want to get rid of differences. That was a big thing. We don't homogeny yeah. is not the solution. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just how are we focusing on the differences and what are we doing with those differences? And can we see the differences as like, what's behind it? What's the why? What's the best in this person? And why, like, why do they want this, this way, you know? Yeah. And, and having that conversation, right? Like sitting down and talking about what, right. It goes back to, like we said this, like what, what have I encountered in my life that, that makes me have that opinion on something? Yeah. And why do I think like that? And, and you know and and the the gun the gun thing is a is an easy one for me to talk to because like i grew up in new york yeah in new york city where i was taught guns are bad mm-hmm. and only criminals have guns and um and where i grew up getting my ass kicked and mugged in the streets in new york and and if you've never lived in new york right like in your you you learn to fear walking down the street right this is me as a child like the first time I got mugged was uh, I was in seventh grade mm-hmm. walking home from school. And so for, right, like I could be like, oh, yeah, 
guns are bad. And then everything that I went through when I moved out west, I realized guns weren't bad. And, oh, wow, like quit being the victim and actually like protect yourself. Mm-hmm. So I think what we go through has a lot of how we communicate and how our emotions can get the best of us. And, um, and everyone's like, well, you don't know what I've been through. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, we just got to have more conversations about that. And, and I think that's more of how we get to our whys, too is right why my why is impacted by who i was Mm -hmm. and i don't want people to feel that way i don't want people to feel the things that i felt and i want them to know that they're awesome and that they matter and um and that they're they're totally capable of being badasses and creating something amazing and and them too impacting the world so journal man that feels like a good good time Yep. This girl's got to go for a run. <laughs> <laughs> so grab your journals, your diaries, whatever you want to call it, your books, your phones, your notes. And, and right, we talked a lot about a lot on this episode. And yeah, we might have stirred up some things. Maybe write down what your why is. Mm-hmm. Maybe write down what you think your why is and maybe some hard times that you've encountered and how it's interrupted your why and go back to that and see if that's still really your why. Mm. Um, You know, again, there's the bigger why there's the wise, there's like the daily wise. So um, we should have a a word count of why come through on on the episode of this. (laughs) How many fucking times did we eat an Oreo for every why? Right. (laughs) Right. I'll be dead. (laughs) My, my, <laughs> my sugar levels will be sky high. Uh, but yeah, so write, you know, write about your feelings. Um, and, you know, what what is it that you're going to do going forward to make sure that you're leaving the legacy? Again, if you were to die tomorrow, whatever it is, right? Let's say you knew tomorrow was your last day. Um, th- and this is one other thing that helped me find my way, and I'm going to relate it to the journal prompt, was... Um, Steve Jobs had a speech at Stanford. Uh, If you haven't listened to it, check it out. Um, And I actually have it on my desk, so I'm looking over here at one of my other monitors. Uh, And and he says, "If if you live each day as if it were your last, someday you will be right. And if today were your last day of, if today were the last day of my life, would I want to do what I'm about to do today? And whenever the answer has been no for too many days in a row, I know I need to change something. Remembering that I will be dead soon is the most important tool I've ever encountered to help me make the biggest choices of my life. Death is the single best invention of life. It's the life's change agent. It clears out the old to make way for the new. Right now the new is you, but gradually you'll become the old. Your time is limited. So don't waste it living someone else's life. And and I have that up on my desk and I, I hear it and I see it everywhere because I don't want to be doing something and for, the, for someone else. I want to make sure that I'm doing it for me and write about that. Right. Maybe you maybe the answer. Right. Maybe our, the, the question is, 
right? Would I want to do what I'm doing today? And maybe the answer has been no for too long. So now it's time to change it and write a plan. Start looking at the direction forward on how you want to change that and reach out to us. We want to hear from you. We want to hear about your thoughts. We want to hear your, your differences, your disagreements, your whys. Uh, your whys. Yeah. We'd love to hear your whys. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. And, um, questions, feedback. We, we hear it all. Yeah. We might not be able to get to it all. Um, but we hear it all and, uh, yeah, we appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you. Bree. Thanks so much for being you and keeping me on track. <laughs> Thanks for chatting. Until next time. Absolutely. See ya. Bye. If you want to follow us and our adventures, you can find both of us on Instagram. I'm at Brie Allison. That's B-R-E-A-L-L-I-S-O-N. And I am at the life of Alan Titone. Underscores between each word. To check out our offerings, yoga, one-on-one trainings, workshops, retreats, and a recorded library, you can find the info on our website, thehunterandthehippie.com. If you have questions for the podcast, about the podcast, feedback, suggestions, or just want to say hi, or find ways to work with us, our email is thehunterandthehippiepodcast at gmail.com. And don't worry, all of this will be in our show notes. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully you weren't tuned out. To the Hunter and the Hippie Podcast.